We're in a sermon series called The Art of Neighboring. Have you been neighborly this week? Have you done your... We started last week, uh, Yakuz, they're looking at me with, with frog tickets in their eyes. We started last week, okay, all right. So this is your our second week, The Art of Neighboring. It is an art, amen? And so tonight, uh, we're going to move on one step closer to what God wants for us, um, because we love God and we love people, amen? That's what every nation is all about. And so, so we, tonight we are, we are in that moment where Jesus, we seek, we came to see him last week. Tonight we're going to hear about going and telling about him. So first have an experience with him. We have that moment with Jesus. Um, we saw him. We experience him. We drink him in. Oh, and then we go. And we go. If you do know when you had a great experience somewhere, you'll tweet about it. You'll Facebook it. I don't know if you Facebook anymore, eh? So we tweet about it. We, we Instagram it. If it's really good, it's there. Amen? If it's really good, it's on TikTok. I tried a TikTok video two years ago in lockdown. Oh, I need to bring it. It is precious. <laughs> Old people should not do TikTok clips. I'm just saying. I did the whole bunny uh, tea thing. I had a green jacket on. I was dancing, and I did a move that I'm not supposed to do at all. It was beautiful. Never, ever again. Catherine, my wife, looked at it once and go, you're off TikTok. Delete it immediately. And so I did. Okay. I did. And so what, moving us into the sermon tonight, I want to tell you that we, I grew up with this um, with a series called Home Improvement. Um, it was, it's really old, so don't worry. I know I am. Uh, I got a call this afternoon. I, I saw a couple that I'm marrying the 18th, uh, and the girl phones me. Uh, oh, no, she wo- um, voice notes me and says she, they're going to be late, but she goes, uh, Wim, Wim, uh, I just want to tell you we're going to be late uh, this afternoon. Please wait for us, Wim. Thank you so much. And in that moment, for the first time in my life, I went, hmm, I am a woman. And just own that. And so um, it, it might be a clash of, clash of generations tonight, but I want to share something out of my life with you that I hope that it'll settle and you'll see um, just the irony, but also what God wants to teach through it. So Home Improvement, uh, Tim Allen is an actor. He made this uh, series. It was a series within a series because he is a DIY expert that has a TV show and then uh, characters built around it. But then he has this neighbor called Wilson. Now, Wilson, interestingly enough, the first guy that was, um, that was um, auditioned for the role, when he auditioned and got the role and heard that half of his face for all 220 episodes were not going to be, sh- the other side is not going to be shown. It was just the top part from the nose up. He left the show immediately. But this guy, Wilson, got famous for the man that no one knew who he was. And so for the whole series, the 220 episodes, Tim Allen would have problems and negotiation issues with his wife and relationship issues with his kids because they're growing up and with his job and work. And Tim would go outside and there, lo and behold, Wilson will be standing on the other side of the fence, neighboring, watering his garden, doing things in the... And he had a hat on sometimes, other times he had a, a cap on, but this was always there to give good advice. And so when I grew up, this was true. And we're going to quickly look at a clip uh, just to give you some uh, context because I know 
some of you weren't born when I watched this. So let's have a moment together. Spaceship. I think it looks like a big Jiffy Pop container. <laughs> you know, I tend to agree with you. A real spaceship would have some form of internal propulsion. Right. It should look more like a soft. Yeah, yeah, kind of an iridescent glow. Have a low hum. Yeah, yeah, and 26 little diamond-shaped windows all in a row. What fine sauce are you talking about? One on a forbidden planet or the day the Earth stood still? Well, I wasn't talking about a movie. What were you talking about? Well, nothing. Oh, look at the rain. Looks like it's going to Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> were you talking about a... A real UFO? Maybe. Have you, have you seen a real UFO? Maybe. <laughs> Come on, it's just us out here. Maybe. <laughs> you know, Tim, I've never told anybody this, but one night when I was living with my parents outside the Turkish city of Cappadocia, <laughs> I saw an alien craft land. <laughs> Did you see little green men come out of it? No, 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 no. These men were bluish gray. <laughs> Assuming they were men. I didn't see any sexually distinguishing features. Well, you had just met. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was an amazing thing. I'll never You will not believe this. Well, I, I love the show. I love the show because we had a Wilson living next to us for two and a half years when I was growing up. I never saw Um Andre's face ever. I knew he was there. He spoke to my dad through that little fence. We never saw him. And when we moved, I still didn't see him. He was such a Kleisenor, uh, someone that stayed inside the house and never came out um, and never showed himself. I don't know what that is in English. But ultimately, I knew him by his voice. When he spoke to the dogs or, the, or his, his, his pets, I would know, there he is, and we're going to speak. But I, I didn't know how, what he looks like. This actually happened to us. But this was such a, an incredible neighboring moment for us because my mother would, would put food out for him, and he'll just say, um, I know in those days there were telephones that weren't wireless. I'm just saying. Uh, they were, um, if you weren't home, you didn't get the call. I'm just throwing it out there. And so the verse in Matthew 22, uh, verse 37 to 40, says this. Jesus, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. We can go home, Yaku. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Have great coffee. But neighboring is something that you and I sometimes miss in our busy schedules. Sometimes we come to a place where it's already full. I have no time to do that. Sometimes I'm sitting at a, you're sitting on a bench or you're waiting for someone or you're waiting for someone in the car and you see people, but they just go past you. There's, there's, not time, there's no time to stop anymore. There's no time just to break. And out of our Out of Race series at the beginning of the year that Yaku forced me to do, I was really glad he did because I had a very busy schedule. But ultimately, when we come to our time management, our diaries, there's a thing that, that happens that I get home uh, and, and I don't even speak to my neighbors at all. 
Now, when I say neighbors, I'm not just saying the people right next to you, amen? But I'm talking, speaking to the guys standing in front of you in a row at Checkers or at the bank or wherever you go or move. There's sometimes people walking by and you can see their heart is breaking, but we have no time for it. And so I saw this clip, which I'm going to um, hopefully demonstrate well, but I saw this clip about a guy putting stuff inside of a jar and then uh, moving it around, but I need some help. Ethan, can you come and help me, please? Thank you so much. Give him a round of applause. Yay. I just saw him and I think hey, he's a good helper. Let's ask him. Okay. So you're going to stand on this side for me. I'm going to go over here. There we go. Okay. Moy. Moy. Okay. So I brought a few things with. Okay. Good. Oh. Not that one. This one. Okay, good. All right. All right, so when we put in these balls, you can put in the balls for me. Um, I'll mull everyone. Okay. So when we put a, a couple of balls in a jar, is that enough? Yeah. There's some space left. Would you agree? Some space left right there. But sometimes we do it the other way around. Hold your hands. Good, good. There we go. Like Oh, that's all so sometimes we do it the other way around. Those things are the most important things that we have to keep up front. These are the things that need to be in the, in the jar. Most, say with me, most important things. Okay, great. But sometimes we pour into our jug of time the things that are not that important. I'm not doing this as well as the guy on the YouTube video, so don't judge me. Um, I have, did I practice this? No, I did not. Okay, so it's going inside. But sometimes we fill it up with, with PlayStation games or time off or binge watching or whatever is extra that you can do, but it can't take all of the space. And then when we try and put in the most important things of your life, we're left with other most important... Where's the other one? It's not fitting. Yaku is by a stoat. And so, so ultimately, but when we do it the other way around, when we take it out and the most important things are in place for our time management. And how on earth is going to get to neighboring? I don't know. We're going to get there. Okay. Now, I do know. That's a joke. Okay. It's not funny. All right. Get it out there. Okay, great. So when I take it out, this is not rocket science, but it is a science project. We put it in, all of them. There's some space left, but then... Ethan's going to put it up in for us like there. Don't, I have to take that home back to the fishes. They have no rocks anymore. Don't drop it. Okay. Get it in. Oh, it's doing well. Yeah, you're doing good. Moy, Ethy. Moy, Ethy, moy. Nochabiki. Oh. And see, suddenly, when the most important things of your life is in order, everything else that needs to fit, fit in. We can actually, I got a jar of sand, which we can put in here. You want to do it? Okay, great. Okay, put it, I'm going to hold it for you. Don't throw it in my bag now. No, no, yeah, we'll see how, many, how much gets in there. If all of it gets in there, it's going to be an awesome experiment. I mean, it's brilliant. Okay, there we go. Oh, it's going to fall. You have to put, use your finger there. It's like the sand at the, the beach, man. There we go. Here we have to cup it eight, yes? Noch a bikini, noch, 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 noch. So then we have some time. We, we actually have some space for other things that we haven't planned for our lives. Also filling in. And then um, I, 
I brought I, the, the the video clip shows beer, so I brought um, uh, some beer um, with, but it's ginger beer. Okay, so <laughs> so ultimately, uh, um, some of you who likes ginger beer, anyone? Is that a slicky? See if it is ginger beer. I do not know why they use the beer. I'm going to get to that now. But ultimately, then when you pour in a little ginger beer, make a little hole, you can actually get some time spending with neighbors, people you don't know, new people, friend of people, every kind of people, spur people, um, all of those ones that you don't have time for, and I can put one of these in there, 440 mils, it's not 500 anymore, they're doing us in there. So I can put this in there and another one. Uh, it's going to take some time. Let's give Ethan like a, a round of applause. Yay. Okay, good. And so, when we understand the first two um, laws of the Ten Commandments, it's pretty clear. God wants us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, everything that you have. And then secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. So who's neighbor? Who, who is neighbor? Who is the neighbor the Bible speaks of? Anyone? Say again. Everybody. Everybody. What's that? Everybody. Yeah. Rock your butt. Okay, no, all right. I'm not allowed to do that. So then we transfer last week's sermon from, from come and see Jesus to go and tell. But I want to link it with a piece of scripture that you know well or might know well. Um, and that is in John 4, chapter 4. John 4. What did I say? I'm confused now. I can't get my thing going. John chapter 4, there we go. Oh, there it is. Thank you so much. All right. And so a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples have gone away into the city to buy food. So Jesus was sitting there. But what is interesting is he had some time to break. He was sitting at the well alone. There was no one there. How strategic do you think that move was? That the time that Jesus had to spend with himself, he placed himself in a, in, a, in a place where he thought he was going to be quiet. No, no, this was strategic. So he goes, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, oh, sorry, he said, okay, oh, give me a drink, sorry. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me a a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, because they didn't mix. And so, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. Sometimes, us as believers speak to Jesus, pray to him, move with him, but we forget who he's speaking to. He's the miracle maker. He's the life giver. Sometimes we come to those moments of prayer that is so habitual and so it's so comfortable, we forget who we're praying to. Because if we knew the half of the stuff that we bring to Him, we won't bring to Him because we, we will walk in, 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 in deliverance. We will walk in victory in that. 
So let us not forget who we're speaking to when we are praying. But this woman is lost. She doesn't know him yet. So Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Listen to this. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? So Jesus asked a question. He's saying things. She's asking a question. There's a conversation happening. And then verse 12 says, are you greater than our father Jacob, she asks. See, he's saying things that enticing conversation that she would ask questions. And these are good questions. He gave us all, uh, he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons uh, and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give you, give will, will, him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman replied immediately saying, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. Oh, how sneaky is Jesus. Do you know why we do, uh, uh, do establishing uh, training, while we do uh, equip training, is we're equipping people to understand the discernment of the Spirit, the nine gifts, and to move with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus is already moving with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is setting her up with a good question. He knows where he is going. I hate it when people ask me questions and I know in their hearts they already know the answer to it. I'm married to a lawyer. Come on. She asks me questions like, do you think there's milk for tomorrow's porridge for the boys? And I know it's a setup. But I also know she loves me. So what am I to do with it? I'm like going, I think, I think there's milk. I think there is. <laughs> Jesus says, go call your husband and come here. He knows by the discernment of the Spirit, he knows what's happening. The woman answers him, I have no husband. And look what Jesus does. He says, Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. Jesus, are, he's, he's confirming, but, but he's, he's, he's commending her for telling the truth. Verse 18, for you have had five husbands. So the Holy Spirit moves through him in such a way, he keeps on prophesying. He keeps on saying to her what she needs to hear, to believe. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said, it is true. So Jesus says twice to her, you are right. This what you are saying is true. And then the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Why? Because no one else knew what he knew. He's speaking right into her need. Her immediate need is being met because Jesus was not sitting there just to time out for himself. He was waiting. He was being strategic. He was ready for her. And so one thing that I deduce from this, I take from this, is that whether we are saved or not, when we speak the truth to Jesus, 
He can return truth into our hearts. Just think one moment if she wasn't 100% honest with him. God can speak into your life truth if you are being truthful with him, with your life. Sin stands in the way. God can see everything through, we can see right through this glass right now. We think we can hide things away from him. Please don't. What I'm taking from this is when we are open, when we are, we are transparent with Jesus, he can come and change and exchange those things for the godly things that he wants to give you. But if we're not, he's going to wait. He's going to be gentle. He's going to be a gentleman. He's going to not go there if you're not going to go there. But Jesus leads her in this moment to see something. There is a meeting place moment. There is a, whoa, this is Jesus. We're looking at the response. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you as a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus answers, answers, answers her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and it is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. She's beginning to, to fit in the puzzle pieces of this conversation. She's understanding where he's going. Listen to this. When he comes, he will tell us all things. He just told her all things. And she's starting to see. And then he goes, and he'll tell us all things. And Jesus, in verse 26 Say to her, I who speak to you am he. There's a couple of things in this rich scriptures piece of John 4 that we should not miss. God had not set her up to be embarrassed. God had not set her up to look foolish. Jesus was not ready to show out her sin. He was asking her to be honest with him. He was asking her to be open, receptive, ready. She was thirsty. She came in the middle of the day. She didn't come with all the other women in the morning when it's cool and cold. She came in a day where she had something to hide. Jesus was waiting for her, not like, a, not like a traffic officer behind a tree ready to catch you, you know. He was there very ready to receive her. I'm asking four things that I want to share with you just now, but I'm asking two things of you. When you spend time with Jesus, if you are spending time with Jesus, Are you still being honest with him like the first time that you repented about your sin? The second question I want to ask, are you allowing him to speak into your life prophetically? 
with power, with His unction, with His Holy Spirit. Is there time enough in your day that you can sit down and let God talk to you? I have this thing that I read in the week, and I want to read it with you. It's not on the, the board, but it goes like this. Um, someone said on, on, a, on their Twitter account, it's been going left and right. I see Retief shared it with us and senior leader group. It says, the gospel sounds very strange to a generation that has been told they are perfect, loving themselves in virtuous. Their heart is always right, and nothing is more important than being happy. Do you know we're giving, and I'm not saying that it's all bad, but you know, we, when I was a boy and you were at an at a athletics meeting, only the top three winners got medals. Do you know what happens today? Everyone gets. It's not good. We don't want to make anyone feel bad, but then we're not chasing anyone to do better. Are you still open so that God can speak into your life so that you can be better? You can make better choices. You can grow. He can say no. Is there space for God to say no in your life? Do we allow him time enough to go, whoa, just hold on. You're moving too fast. Or is it all about me? Oh, I'm, I can't do anything wrong. Our generation is the moving generation. We understand. So I've got this friend that I play uh, golf with. And he does this thing that irritates the heck out of me. Who's that friend? It's you. So, <laughs> so you know what Yaku does? Now that, the, now that it's open in the air and we're being transparent with each other. You know what he does? He hits the most brilliant shot. The ball falls, falls five feet from the hole. And you know what Yaku says? Oh, I could have done better with that. And I go, because I'm only there liking the game. I don't play golf. I just play with Yaku when he's playing golf. And so I'm just enjoying it there. And then I go, listen, don't do that. Every time we go, he goes, he does such a beautiful job. And then he, he hits the ball so beautifully. And I go, yes, you're doing good. And then his first answer will be, ah, I could have done that better. And he, I just want to shake him. And so I'm like, did he just see how I missed the ball? I shanked it, completely missed. I didn't miss the hole. I missed the whole course. <laughs> but then something happened in me. Something happened where I went. I shouldn't just pitch up to play with him. I should pitch up to beat him. And my whole stance changed. I got second-hand new clubs. <laughs> For the winter, I got a sneed. Do you know what a sneed is? Or is it a snood? I don't know what it is called. You put it around your neck. It's for the winter. There's a serpy. It's a manly serpy for golf. <laughs> you will not, you will not believe what happened. Marinus found his swing on Friday. It was beautiful. <laughs> there was some confidence there. There was some good money spent on me. But the thing that changed is I decided I'm not happy with where I am there. 
I was honest with myself. And I had a good friend that just kept on pushing me to be better. Because I think it's really bad when you play with someone that doesn't care about if the ball goes in the hole or not. So I thank you, Yaku, for that. So there's four things here that I want us to learn before we end off. Firstly, Jesus was intentional. Jesus was intentional with his off time. Do you hear me, church? Do you hear me? I sit at an a airplane, an a, a airport, waiting on a plane. I counted, I counted 73 people with earphones in, on iPads. There's nothing wrong with it. But no one engaged. There was not one conversation. I went out loud. If you know me well, I'm weird enough. I went, hey, we're having a great time here. Not one person responded. We had time. We were sitting there. We were waiting. I was, Lord, who would I speak to? And there was a lady washing the floor. And I went, oh, I think she's open. And no one is going to hear what I'm going to say to her. So let me say it to her. Jesus was intentional. Jesus started a conversation. You know, sometimes we can't lead people to Jesus or have a good good conversation about Jesus when we don't open up our mouths. And I'm still on that tantrum. Who remembers my tantrum of last year when I said that whole thing of uh, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words? I had a whole tantrum session last year about this. You need to use your words. Sometimes I speak to Catherine. I have three ideas. There's 15 boxes open in my head. I speak out loud three different things. She says, slow down, use your words, use all of them. You need to open up your mouth. After your strategic, your waiting place, there is a moment where God knew someone is going to come and I'm going to be right here. He started a conversation with that woman. He knew. He was praying for her long before she came there. Are we praying for people that we haven't met before? Number three, Jesus identified a spiritual need. Oh, you need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. You need to train your heart, your spirit, and go, Lord, give me something. Train that, those, those nine gifts of the Spirit so that we can move in and so that you will have discernment. When you see someone, well, I, I find it very difficult when I'm speaking to someone and asking for discernment, then I speak to them and I'm like, Lord, tell me something. Lord, give me something. It's confusing. They can see I'm not listening, but I'm busy with Jesus. We need to get sharp in the Spirit. We need, with the intentionality of meeting up with someone, go, Lord, speak to me. I am open. Work through me, Lord. Jesus identified a spiritual need, and He was spot on. Let me tell you quickly, you will also be. If you carry the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you read your, your Word, I'm not saying do things, I'm saying be it. I'm saying be in, being in it is different than just doing it. You can tell everyone about the swimming pool at your house, but if you take a picture with you diving in it, swimming in it, getting wet in it, having a party in it, people will know it's true. Amen? We we should stop saying we're Christians. We should stop moving in it. Amen? Number four, Jesus pointed her towards himself. Sometimes I catch myself in conversation 
boasting about me. It's not great. Then discernment comes in and God says, hey, hey, to me, give the ball to me. Oh, a great thing happened yesterday with the bulls. eh? They knew how to, they knew how to, So I'm going to end off. We are over our time. I'm sorry for that, Yaku. But here's an incredible thing that I want to tell you that, that I can keep pouring this in here. God is going to allow in your busy schedule time for people that He's intentional with. And He's asking us, can you also be those four things? So here is... Here is my challenge for you this week. You know where you sit, where you wait, what your week looks like. You know how your week is planned, I hope. I hope so. I want you to, tonight, you go, Lord, send me someone. Let me meet someone. Tell me where should I be, Lord. Tell me where should I be situating myself strategically so that you can move in someone's life. And then, then have some break time to wait. Oh, but if that person comes, don't be afraid. Don't be slow. Ask a question. Introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Marinus. I just want to say, I've been sitting there, but I've been, I feel that God tells me that I should pray for you. Can I pray for you? You know what? If someone says no, then you know what I do? I still pray for them, just walking away while I'm going. I don't feel bad. They're not rejecting you. But if someone says yes, then you ask another question. You go, is there something I can pray for? Or either, by discernment you go, I see this. God showed me this picture, and you move in the Spirit. You use the gifts. You know, if you use it, it gets better and sharper and and quicker, and, and you go, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit unction right there. I'm going to move in this. I'm not going to scream tonight. No one's going to fall over. You can be, can be calm. I want to pray over you that God releases the ability for you to see that there's always more space. And I can keep going on with that and on and on. Are we open, or is this a click? Are we available, or is it just because I wanted to go to heaven? Because I want to tell you now that religion is right around the corner of everything that we just spoke about. If you do not put action to what God has placed in you, and He crucified His Son for us. He gave it all. He didn't hold anything back. Why would we do that? Why would we keep living for ourselves? And why would we think we're okay, we're good? We don't need any, 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 um, what is inspraak? My English is up. We don't need any input. We don't even need any correction. I want to tell you now, I'm almost 43 years old. I got corrected by Philip Pretorius the other day on a level that I know what I'm speaking about. Philip corrects me. I went home and went, he's out of line. I'm sure he's out of line. And God says, no, he's not. It's you. 
You're arrogant. Stop it. Can you be teachable? I said, yes, Lord. He says, let me teach you. I went back to Phil. I said, Phil, thank you for that moment. I'm growing. You will never stop growing if you're open for Jesus to speak into your life the truths that he wants to. Can we keep on repenting? Can we keep on being open and teachable? Oh, but you're going to hit that ball so close to that hole. You're going to score. You're going to score in a big way. You're going to score for Jesus. One day when we get to heaven, we will be meeting people that we never knew in our lives because we've sown the seeds where Jesus let it comes up and he saves their lives. And we're going to meet them there. Amen? I want to pray for you. Close your eyes. Let's go. Father God, thank you so much for this moment. Yaku, you can join me upstairs. Thank you, Father God, that we can ask you to ignite our spirits and our hearts tonight. Just like that woman at the well, to respond, Lord. Not only to receive what she received, but Lord, she ran to another town telling everyone about you. Lord, I pray that you'll activate our spirits and our hearts that when we receive something from you, we will run to the lost. We will run to the next town. We will be excited to share with people what God has broken open for us. I pray that you will open our hearts to receive, but you will open our mouths to give and to testify. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In this moment, um, God is calling us to be a community of love, to love God with all our hearts, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor, to love. Um, love looks like something. Love receives love. Love gives love. Um, and, and I want us to envision a church community where love is present, where someone who needs love is welcome, where someone who's going through something is welcome and not rejected, where we're in a space where none of us think, oh, I'm so perfect that I don't need Jesus anymore. That we're in a space where we're vulnerable and honest with ourselves to know that I've got stuff that I'm not willing to come and share on the stage with everyone. But the Holy Spirit knows and still He loves. And there's this space where God calls us to be a community of love, that we will love one another, that we will love our neighbor, that we will love the world. Um, I read a book during the past couple of weeks, and, and the guy said that you can be right according to the Word of God, but if you have no love, then you are wrong. So you can be right according to the Word of God, but if you have no love, then you are wrong. <laughs> and I pray that when people step into our community, whether it's on a Sunday, whether it is in your home, that they will be loved, that they will be safe, that they will belong that they can be honest and truthful because you have not condemned them. So Lord Jesus, would you move us as a church to be deeply loved by you, but to love like you love. We ask you, Lord, that your love would be poured out into us and through us.